I'm in a beautiful place here in Orlando at a bungalow uh, at a friend's place who actually helped me write uh, The Anointing, The Mysteries of the Anointing. Dear Jeff Ferguson, he's sitting there on, the, on his instrument playing beautiful song. I sing praises to your name. Why don't you sing it with me? And, and listen, I'm teaching on intercession today. Very important teaching. But first, let's just bless the Lord. Come on. All right. I sing praises to your name. I love it, don't you? Oh, Lord. Praises to your name. Oh, Lord. For your name is great and greatly to be praised. I know it's different, but I love it, don't you? I sing praises to your name. Sweetest Lord, praises to your name. Oh, Lord, just bless him with me. For your name is great and greatly to be praised. And his name, Jesus. Well, Jeff comes through over there. And I'm in this lovely place with a Christmas tree behind me because it's almost Christmas. And he likes to decorate his place here like that. I love it. So I've been teaching on liberty, freedom. I really believe all of us are going to have a year of freedom in 2023 if we do what the Bible tells us to do. So, Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this beautiful moment. I thank you, Lord, for Jeff and his ministry. I pray you will bless him and bless this beautiful home we're in. And precious Jesus, bless your people that 2023 will be our greatest year of freedom in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Now, I've been talking about this for the last few days. Galatians 5.13 says, You are called to liberty. And I want you to declare it, that you are called to be free. Now, like I've been saying, you you could be bound to spiritual forces. You may be bound in an emotional way. You may be bound in a physical way or financial way or other things. But liberty is God's promise to us. But there's a few things that we have to do. Number one... Uh, Psalm 33, 16 says, you cannot deliver yourself. Uh, Amos 2, 14 and 15 says, even the mighty cannot deliver themselves. And Ezekiel 17, 15, the last portion of that verse says, can a man walk away from the covenant and be delivered? In other words, people lose deliverance and freedom when they walk away from the covenant God made with us. So the reason maybe some of you, maybe somebody is watching who is bound by some bondage, the the reason is a door was, was opened. And a door opens to the enemy and the world when people walk away from the covenant we've made with the Lord. So fellowship with God, his presence is the protection, that our safety, that our uh, you know, place of protection and safety. And so if I'm talking to someone right now, 
that is bound. Well, you begin with prayer. Uh, Psalm 72, 12 says that the needy has to cry. And when you cry, you have to understand Isaiah 51. Isaiah 51 says, and verse 14 through 16, those who want to be delivered must use the word in their mouth. Because what God says, how that the one in bondage wants to be free. That's in verse 14 of Isaiah 51. And then God introduces himself. He says, I'm the Lord. I'm the one who has divided the sea, meaning the Red Sea. And then he says, I've put my word in your mouth, meaning use it. Now, I've shared all this already, especially yesterday on this, uh, on this part here. So when the word is in our lips, and how does the word get in? Well, Ephesians 6, you know, of course, tells us very clearly from verse 10 to verse 18. It says, number one, let the truth of God's word fill your mind, the loins of your mind. In, in Ephesians 6, it talks about the loins, but the loins from 1 Peter, we know, is the mind. So the first thing you do to be free and have a year of liberty is fill your mind first with the Bible. The second thing it says, put on the breastplate of righteousness, meaning your heart now has to be full of the word. And now it says, be sure your, your feet are shod for the gospel, meaning your walk now has got to be moved by the word of God, full of the word of God. And then it says, uh, your faith. So once your mind is full of the word, your heart is full of the word, your walk is full of the word, your, your faith comes alive. See? Now what happens is basically it hits your lips, it hits your mouth. You can start using it just like Isaiah 51 says. But there's something else we do, which I dealt with yesterday. It says, and taking the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. So God's Word now, and that's what we dealt with yesterday, uh, God uses His Word to defeat the enemy. I love I, uh, in the Psalms, let's, let's go to it one more time. It is such a powerful, powerful part that I talked about yesterday. And that is in the Psalms, when David talks about how, how the Word had filled his his mouth, he said, my tongue was the pen of a ready writer. And I love what he says in verse 1. He says, my heart is in tiding or bubbling with a good matter. I speak of the things which I have made touching the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. And, he, and then he says something powerful in verse 3. He says, Lord, gird your sword on your thigh, meaning get ready for war. So we put the word in our hearts and then our lips, and when the word hits our mouth, God becomes our warrior. So we don't fight, he fights. Don't, don't you love that, gentlemen? Gird your sword upon thy thigh, O most mighty, with thy glory and thy majesty. In thy majesty ride prosperously because of truth and meekness and righteousness, and thy right hand shall teach thee terrible things or awesome things. So here, here we see something so powerful. That when the word of God is in your lips, and it happens, how? Your mind first, your heart second, you walk third, and then faith comes alive. And when faith comes alive, wham, that word comes right out of you against the enemy. And God in his word says something powerful in Zephaniah 2, 5. It says he destroys the enemy with his word, with his word. Zephaniah 2, 5 says with his word he destroys the enemy. And with his word... Isaiah 27.1, he destroys Leviathan, the dragon, the devil himself. 
The word of God is the only weapon we have to bring to ourselves liberty. Liberty comes when the Bible is in your life. Great peace have they that love thy law. Nothing, nothing will offend them or cause them to stumble. Nothing will cause you to stumble. Well, stumbling is bondage. Nothing will cause you to stumble. And I love so much what God says. I want to read that again to you because I think it's so powerful that we talked about from Isaiah 51. And today I'm going to deal with the last thing you all have to do, and that is intercede. And intercession is simpler than most people realize because most things it's, it's hard work. Oh, no, it's not. It says the captive, Isaiah 51, 14, the captive exile hasteneth that he may be loosed. If anyone in bondage, they don't want to be in bondage. They, they want to be out of bondage. That he should not die in the pit, nor that his bread should fail. I am the Lord your God that divided the sea, whose waves roll the Lord of hosts is his name. And I've put my word in your mouth. I've covered you in the shadow of my hand, that I may plan the heavens and lay the foundations of the earth. Now this is incredible. That God says, I do these things that I may plan the heavens and lay the foundations of the earth through my word, through my word. The same word that created the heavens and the earth is in your mouth. And God uses that word to defeat the enemy. Okay. Now, let's talk about when the word is in your mouth, the next thing it says in Ephesians chapter 6, very important because the word produces intercession. So when you read, it says in verse 17, take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And the next thing you read is praying always with all prayer. So intercession is born from the word. And what is intercession? Well, intercession is, is in that seven revelation of prayer. Prayer is confession. Prayer is supplication. Prayer is adoration. And prayer is intercession. But remember, confession, supplication, adoration produces intercession. And when intercession is, is, is born, it will produce communion, fellowship with God. When that is there, it produces thanksgiving. And when that is all there, it produces praise. And praise is that ex explosive weapon that drives away the enemy and binds the enemy. As it says in the, in the Psalms, let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance on the heathen, to bind their nobles with fetters of iron. That, that is the demonic. So now, when all this happens, now something is born. What is born? Intercession is born. I love Ezekiel. And intercession, you know, you see people walking around screaming, shouting, dancing, and jumping, and they call that intercession. That's not, this. Uh, that's not what the Bible calls it. That's, that's called foolishness. <laughs> flesh, that's all it is. That's flesh. People wear themselves to the ground out, and they call that prayer. No, no. I love this. I love this. Look what intercession is. Thus saith the Lord God. I'm reading Ezekiel 36, 37. Thus saith the Lord God, I will yet... For this, this is so awesome, I will yet for this be inquired of by the house of Israel to do it for them. 
Now, God puts the desire in the intercessor before that intercessor cries for it. You missed that. I'm going to say it again. You can't intercede till God puts his word in you for what he wants you to intercede for. So this verse is loaded. It says, with power. Thus said the Lord God, I will yet for this be inquired of by the house of Israel to do it for them. What do I want to do for them? I want to increase them with men like a flock. So God's will is to Israel, he says, I want to increase you. I want to multiply you. But before I multiply you, I have to put that desire in you to be multiplied. So God puts that in the intercessor. Intercession. It's a part of that all prayer. Paul says with all prayer and supplication. But that is the result of what? The word in your mind, in your heart, the word in your walk, the word in your faith. The word also in your endurance, because that's what the helmet of salvation is. You endure with it. You go on. You don't give up. And now the word, the sword of the, of the Spirit, creates that incredible, explosive, intercessory heart. And you start praying and interceding, not with shouting, with groanings that cannot be uttered. Because that's the work of the Holy Spirit. So when you see sometimes people say, I'm interceding, and they're walking back and forth rebuking every devil and rebuking everything around them and nothing is moving, <laughs> all they're doing is they're wearing themselves to the ground. No, I believe, I believe in, in, in Luke 10 with all my heart. I've given you power over the enemy and so forth. But intercession drives Satan away. And after that intercession, then God gives that individual incredible power with calmness and authority to cast the devil out. Not screaming at the devil. The devil is not deaf, by the way. Not shouting, not losing uh, emotionally people's uh, nerves go a little wild. And I'm sorry I'm being raw. Look, you know, I've been in this so long, I've lost my filter. I've been in it so long, I'm, I'm now 17. I don't care what people think anymore. I'm going to just say what the Bible teaches. True intercession is real authority, real authority. You know, intercession, can, can I show you uh, uh, what intercession really is? Okay, I'm going to take you to a portion in God's Word that is, I think is so powerful. And that's in, in Exodus 32 when Moses called upon the Lord and he said, Lord, you said in your word because God wanted to destroy Israel. God was so angry to destroy his people. I mean, think about, <laughs> think about that moment when God is so angry that he wants to destroy Israel. And God says, get down, verse 7. The people you brought out of Egypt have corrupted them themselves. And he said, I've seen this people, they're stiff-necked. Now I'm going to consume them. And Moses besought the Lord, verse 11. That's intercession. 
he besought the Lord and said, Why does thy, your wrath wax hot? You brought them out of the land of Egypt. What will the Egyptians say? And then he, he brings the word. Remember Abraham. Remember Isaac. Remember Israel, meaning Jacob. To whom you said, you gave them a covenant. You told them you'll, you'll multiply them like the stars of heaven. You'll give them the land. And then it says when God heard his word. Wow, this is one of the most powerful verses, I think, in the whole Bible. Verse 14, and the Lord repented of the evil. That's intercession. That's real intercession. It's not what you see today where people just scream and shout and holler. And when intercession is happening, angels are released. I'll show it to you. Look at, look at Psalm 35. And a lot of people miss that when they read the Psalms. Plead my cause, Lord. I'm reading verse 1. Plead my cause, O Lord, with them that fight me. Take hold of shield and buckler, Lord, and stand up for me. That's it. He's interceding right there. That's intercession. David is interceding. Draw out the spear. Stop the way against them that persecute me. Lord, say to my soul, I'm your salvation. Now the whole time he's interceding. Let them be confounded and put to shame that seek after my soul. Let them be turned back and brought to confusion that devise my hurt. Let them be as chaff before the wind. And let the angel of the Lord chase them. Wow. The, the, the minute people intercede, angels are released. Let the angel chase them. You read that amazing Psalm 35 from verse 1 on and you'll see it right there. It begins with intercession. Plead my cause, Lord. Help me. Cause the enemy to turn back from me. Now, these are prayers of the Messiah, by the way. But we can pray like that. We can intercede like that. But God puts that in our hearts. Isn't that awesome? And you think about intercession. Intercession... Literally, let's, let's go to Jeremiah 31. I'm going to show you something. Uh, now, it's, it's, that, it's that war room. You know that old movie? Well, it's not really old. It's a new movie. My wife had me watch The War Room. It's powerful. About a lady who prayed for her husband and interceded for her husband in that closet, you know, which was her, her, her war room. And that's what she did. And I'm, I understand it's a, it's a true story of what happened. Hey, it's, 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 it's happened with many of us. Thus saith the Lord, Jeremiah 31, 16, refrain thy voice from weeping, meaning intercession. I've heard your, your intercession. Now refrain your voice from weeping, your eyes from tears. Your work will be rewarded. What a great promise. Saith the Lord, and they shall come again from the land of the enemy. So intercession, the Bible says, will deliver people from the land of the enemy. You may be praying for a loved one who is, who is in the land of the enemy, who is in bondage. 
intercession. So intercession not only delivers us, it delivers those we pray for. Because you cannot, listen, it's impossible to intercede in bondage. You intercede in freedom. So the word of God gets into your mind, Ephesians 6, 10 and on, into your heart and into your walk and into your faith and into your future and gives you endurance. And now prayer is born uh, through the word, I mean. And when that prayer is born through the word, you're free. But now there's others you can bring into that freedom. And you start to intercede. I used to watch, I used to watch people years ago who called themselves intercessors. And, and they would pray and pray. This is, we're talking back in, in, in Canada days when I lived in Canada. And they would intercede, or what looked like they were interceding. And I was young, I was young. Those same people at Maxwell White's church would go down to the basement on Sunday night for deliverance. Maxwell White had a massive church in, in, in Toronto. He was a man from, from England. And he would cast out devils on Sunday nights after church. And he would say, after he's done preaching, I used to go, listen, he was mighty. He would say, all of you with devils, come and meet me in the basement. And people would go to the basement. And we young people would just go to watch. And I was one of them. I just gotten saved. He baptized me in water, that amazing man. He wrote the book, The Power of the Blood. Every Christian needs to read that book. A part of the blood by Maxwell White. And Maxwell White was my pastor when I got saved. And what is amazing is he would come down to the, to the basement of his, of his church and people who had prayed or were so-called intercessors would be sitting there waiting for him to come and get the devil out of them. But, you know, I didn't think back then about the stuff that I know now. Because I'm now 70. I was, at my, I was 19 years old when I got saved. And I'm talking to dear Jeff here and, and dear Chad sitting, you know, working all this, the, the laptop and so on. But those people who were supposedly prayer warriors would start, you know, spitting and screaming and doing all kinds of stuff. But I'm telling you, real intercession, that's Catherine Kuhlman. That's Oral Roberts. I've seen, I've seen the power of God in these people when they prayed. And I'll never forget what God did with me. When I prayed for my mom and my dad, they were saved in one night. But the fellowship of the Holy Spirit birthed that in me in those years. And it was, it was, it was with authority and calmness. Calmness. Whenever you see in the Bible people interceding, it's controlled by the Holy Spirit, not by the flesh. And that's real interest, born by the Word of God. And I'm sure many of you have actually experienced it without knowing you did. Without knowing you did. Where your heart cries from the inner being of your heart, you, you, you cry out. Everything, everything in you is caught in that moment of intercession. And real intercession with it has protection. Protection even from the devil. Ezekiel, let's look at Ezekiel 9. Isn't that powerful? You're enjoying this, Yellowman? So powerful. 
Ezekiel 9, 4, it says, And the Lord said, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and cry, for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. And to the others he said, In my hearing, go after him through the city and smite. Don't let your eyes spare anyone, young and old, but don't touch anyone who's been marked. Go slay them all, but don't touch anyone that is protected. And who are the ones protected? Those that sigh and cry. Verse 4. Go through the midst of the city, through Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and cry. Intercede. And when sigh and cry is mentioned, it doesn't mean emotional stuff. It's a groaning in the Holy Spirit. It's an inner crying, an inner sighing. And intercession cancels destruction. Not only brings protection, it actually cancels the destruction that God may, may have planned. That's what happened with Moses. God already planned to destroy Israel. But when Moses said, I plead with you, Lord, and he began using the word, it changed everything. So in Ezekiel, let's go to Ezekiel, all of us together, and let's look, and I know you've probably seen that that verse already, but it's so powerful to read it again because you, you, you see it so clearly in verse 30 and 31. It says, and I sought for a man among them. You know, well, you know what is amazing? One man can cancel destruction over a whole nation. Moses did over the whole nation of Israel. I sought for one man among them. For a man, it didn't say a whole lot of them that should make up the hedge, stand in the cap, in, in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy. But I, I did not even find one. So think about intercession literally cancels destruction. And I think intercession is the most perfect form of prayer. It's when the Holy Spirit takes over. In, in, in Gethsemane, that was real intercession. That was real intercession that, that the Lord experienced. And angels came. Remember, angels were released. Intercession always releases the angelic. So I think it's time for anyone who's watching and listening to really make a, make a change Romans 6.16 says something quite powerful about this. And we, we have got to come to the place where if bondage has taken place, we, we, we have to renounce it. We have to repent of what we have allowed. Because in, as you remember, I gave this to you already, God said, can a man walk away from the covenant and be delivered? So there are, maybe there's more than one person listening to me who's experiencing right now some bondage, maybe demonic harassment, maybe demonic, maybe de uh, demonic oppression. Let me, let me show you, let me show you. When do you know, when do you know bondage has begun? I'm going to give you seven things to think about. 
Bondage begins when people regress. Regress means they go uh, into earlier behavior. They go into behavior they used to behave in when they were living in sin. That's called regression. Now, if, if, if there's no repentance, and it's not dealt with, regression becomes what? They begin to repress. From, they go from regress to repress. Repress means they no longer, they no longer give thanks. Now they hold it in. They don't say thank you, Jesus, anymore. They don't say praise the Lord anymore. They don't say I worship your Lord anymore. That means they repress it. They, they, they push it in. I can tell a person who's free by the things they say to the Lord. I bless your name. I worship you, Jesus. Because people in bondage cannot say that. Because they go from regression to repression. And the next thing they do is they go into suppression. And suppression means they conceal their testimony. They don't want to talk about the Lord anymore. Do you know people like that? Yeah? Who begin with regression, they go back into old behavior, into suppression... Uh, into repression, I, I mean, where they, they, they're not thankful anymore, they don't praise the Lord or, or they worship Him, and they go into suppressing uh, their testimony. They don't want to talk about the Lord, they're, they're ashamed of Him, basically. That's the steps into bondage. And then suppression becomes depression. What is depression? Depression is when they become helpless. They can't fight anymore. They're too weak against the devil. I hope this is helping. And then if they don't deal with it, but look, all this can be can be can be can be can be fixed. Get back to the covenant. Romans 6:16 says, Don't you know to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey his servants you are? And Paul says, Now it's time. To begin yielding to God. Don't you know if you yield yourselves to sin, you're going to obey sin? Or the world, you're going to obey the world? Or the devil, you're going to obey, the, you, you, you're going to also you know, obey him? So now, pay attention. Are you someone who's going back into older behavior? Is there someone watching me who's going back to that where you're, you're, you're not saying, thank you, Jesus, anymore, and I love you, Lord? Are you one who is concealing his testimony or her testimony because you're ashamed to talk about the Lord? Or you're too, you're, you're too weak now to, to stand against the devil? That's depression. If that's not dealt with, they go into oppression. And oppression is they're overcome now by the devil. Anyone who cannot stand against the devil will be overcome by the devil. I've just said about a big one, like headline. Anyone who is afraid of the devil will soon be taken over by him. And then, if people don't deal with oppression, which is overcome by the by the enemy, they they go into what obsession. And you know what obsession is? 
besieged by the devil. Now they're surrounded. There's no way out for them. Or they think there's no way out. There's always a way out. And obsession leads to possession. Meaning, every curse has a cause. Every curse has a cause. Proverbs 26.2 talks about the, the causeless curse will not come. But it begins with, I go back to old behavior. But that's what happens when the word is not in, in, in someone's life. When they walk away from the covenant and they wonder, why am I in trouble? Why am I in bondage? 2023 can be your greatest year of freedom if you do what I'm talking to you about. Get back in, into the covenant with God. Get back in, into fellowship. Open your Bible again and read it daily. Let that Bible, that precious word of God, fill your mind, fill your heart. Fill your walk, fill your talk, fill your future. Let it birth prayer in you. Use it against the devil. Watch what God will do with you. The Bible is the key. You cannot fight the devil with experience. Only the word. Only the, I don't care what experience someone who's listening has had with God. Maybe years ago you had some great anointing or some great ministry and today you're helpless. That's why people give up. Pastors give up. Bound to all kinds of things. It's possible to be free. It's the word of God. Jeremiah 23, 29. It's not my word as a fire. It's not my word like a hammer. That breaks the rock in pieces. That bondage in your life. I'm talking to a preacher. I know it right now. That bondage in your life is like a heavy rock in you. It's, it, it can be destroyed if you just take the Word of God and fill your heart with the Word. And that Bible will start, the Word of God will start to crack that bondage out of your soul. And in no time, you'll be free. It's not going to happen. It won't happen overnight. It won't happen overnight. But it, it will surely happen. It'll take longer for you to be free than, for you, than when you got into bondage. Getting into bondage, into that kind of bondage that where your people are like obsessed and or possessed, takes a long time. Because God is gracious. God is very, very merciful. Because he, he, he actually holds us back as much as we allow him. But if we just don't repent, he just lets us go again. And then we go on our own. He actually gives us up at one point if we will not listen to him. Neglect has a high price. Very high price. So it's time to really get back to the place where you yield yourself to the Lord. Because now it says, whether to sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. But I think when, when you get into the place of freedom, that's when you can challenge the devil. Nobody can challenge the devil when they are regressing, repressing, suppressing, and then you end up in bondage totally to him. You can't stand against him. So Jesus said in Luke 10, 19, I give unto you power to stand against all the power of the devil. Nothing will touch and hurt you. That's a free person he, 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 is, he is talking to. And so that's when we can resist the devil in James 4, 7. That's when we can resist him with, with our faith. 
1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. And right now, I really want to pray with you. And Jeff, would you mind going back to your instrument and let's just believe God for 2023 to be people's year of freedom, of liberty. And I think I've given you in the last few days since Monday the, the real answer, the real key to freedom. Can you, can you play for me, give thanks? We give thanks with a grateful heart. We give thanks to the Holy One. We give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ, His precious Son, and you'll be able to give thanks. We give thanks. Can you play those strings too? With a grateful heart. We give thanks to the Holy One. We give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ, His wonderful Son. And then, and now, let the weak say, I am strong. And I gave you the key for it. Let the poor say, I am rich. Sing with me, Jeff. Because of what the Lord has done for us and for you too. And now, Thank you, Lord. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. In the Lord, that is. Because of what the Lord has done for you. Give thanks. Now, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, they will be free. Keep, keep playing that, Jeffrey. They'll be free and delivered. And as we close this year of 2022, Lord, and about to celebrate Christmas in a few days, let it be that greatest Christmas, a time of liberty, freedom. And let 2023 be our year, all of us, of total liberty from everything in Jesus' name. Agree right now for your family. We agree, Lord, for household salvation. No more bondage in our families, our homes, our children, our loved ones that they'll come out of darkness and bondage in 2023. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I pray the last few days have been a blessing to you. I began teaching on Monday. Tomorrow, it'll be a whole different message. And, but I'm going to ask you right now to give to the Lord's work. Because I want you to enter the new year with an open heaven. 
Because God says in Malachi, he'll open the heavens over your life when you give financially, that God will bless you financially, that you'll see prosperity come your way, and no lack, no bondage financially. Because spiritual freedom will eventually bring financial freedom. And I pray that will happen in your life. But will you give right now a special gift at the end of the year? Will you consider giving something that you have not given before to the ministry? Help me continue doing what I'm doing. We're now planning to expand our studio where I can do Zoom meetings and much more from my studio so we don't have to go rent somewhere. We're, we're going to also do some new things with our social media. You've noticed lately we've, we're, we're doing new things. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. We're doing brand new things now with, with those short one-minute um, uh, words. <laughs> uh, uh, one, one man said it's a, a full shopping bag in, in one piece of fruit or something. He said, that this, it's like loaded minutes. I, I got a word from uh, people out of YWAM. They said to my son-in-law, they said, uh, you, tell, uh, you tell your father-in-law uh, it's life to our souls. Those special things we do now on Instagram. But we've had to hire a company to do that. And we want to do way more than that by, by building social media and using professionals who know how to do this. Uh, we did it organically this far. But now we're talking to people that uh, have the know-how. Last night, uh, we met with people from Brazil that can put me all over Brazil and the, and the uh, uh, Latino world uh, in Spanish. But the price they gave us was quite high to translate all that I do daily into Spanish and Portuguese to start with, just to start with. Now, because all I do now is, is, is in English. But now we are planning in 2023 that my dailies that I do on social media will, will all be in Spanish and Portuguese to start with. And then we're going to go into uh, more languages. My, my plan is that I would do Spanish first, uh, sorry, Portuguese first, Spanish second, because they're from Brazil, they can do it quickly. And then Spanish right after that. And then I want to also translate everything I do that people in India, who have large crowds watching us in India, they can listen to me in their own language, or languages, in fact. Now we're going to probably add you know, Arabic and other languages after that, that what I do daily will also be translated in all these languages by these people who are believers, by the way, have a big company down in, in Brazil. There's like 600 on staff in that company. It's one of the largest companies in the world that does that, and they're all believers. So uh, Brazil is really big for, has always been big for our ministry, but they can't understand what I say in English. So all I'm giving you, uh, daily I've been doing it now since 2020, is all in English, and only those who understand English can, can know what I'm saying. Some people have translated some of my, what I said, putting it on their Facebook and their, and their social media, but it's not our ministry. So finally I said to our people, hey, let's do this ourselves. Let's translate 
the teachings I'm giving so people can benefit and be blessed around the world. And that's what we're moving into in 2023. So I need your help because it's going to be uh, a large amount monthly we have to pay for because translation is very expensive, by the way, if you do it right, if you do it right. I know it can be done through Google and all this, but not, not the way we want to do it. We want to do it with the spirit in it. Uh, it's different, you know. When, when people who are anointed translate my voice, it's, it's a whole different world. So I want to do that. So let's do it for the Lord's work, okay? So bless you. Thank you. You can give right now on the platform you're watching me on. You can give by going to our website, benahin.org. You can give by, by text, BHM 45777. But the easiest really is just our website, benahin.org. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. And Christmas is coming up. And uh, be watching, by the way. Uh, we're we're, we're going to show you some beautiful things coming up uh, around Christmas time and during the New Year time. Much love.